The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the Week. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, so shop now with BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Fresh Pick Suds Flower Soap Gift Pack. A selection of pretty flower soaps and a host of delicate floral scents, and you can carry your flower soaps with you in an adorable little reusable vinyl bag. Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code BOBANCHEZ, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Literally. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Play the game, Harding. What are you talking about? I am playing the game. Well, play the game. Leave me alone. I ain't bullshit. doing anything to you. What bullshit? Your bullshit. What about your bullshit? I'm playing the game. Listen, you keep your hands off me. Play the game. I got enough bullshit out of you, do you hear me? Play the game. What the fuck are you picking on me for? Play the game, Harding. Look, I'm trying to ignore you. Just say it again. Play the game. You keep your hands off me, you son of a bitch. You keep your hands off me. You hear me? Look, come on, come on, come on, come on. I can be pushed just so far, see? You touch me once more. Just touch me once more. Just once more, huh? Just once more. Just touch me once more. Play the game, Hardy. Just touch me once more. Oh, Jesus. The best music on the best station. Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, January 26, 2017, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and that is Chez right there. Hey there. Hey, how you doing? Mm. I'm great. <laughs> yeah. Every I, single morning I wake up and I just think, Fuck, it's a great day. <laughs> I know. It's uh, it's very easy to feel assaulted. And after the day that occurred yesterday, after Wednesday, oh God, we actually had a, uh, oh, by the way, we're brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need free legal advice, go to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chess. All right, so yesterday we're talking about uh, just between uh, the three of us, you, me, and, and Ben Cohen from the Daily Banter, talking about, like, what if we start, like, some sort of, we got to start, like, a police blotter or something to keep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to keep up with all of this crap. Because yesterday was just, I mean, yesterday was just, the, it was a deluge. Oh, I mean, yeah. It was, just, it was just a day of... And the idea that when we were all talking about this and when Slate mm-hmm. compiled sort of its its blotter of like, look, this is how bad the day was, we hadn't even gotten around to the Captain Quigian interview <laughs> with David I know. Muir. Makes it seem like the martial law thing from the other night is like two years ago. Exactly. It really exactly. does. It's the tennis ball machine, constantly. I mean, that's the best way to illustrate it. It's just... And you know what I figured out? Here's, here's my theory behind all of this. We have our first Twitter president. We all know this. We've talked about this. He's a guy who loves Twitter. He's a guy with an extraordinarily short attention span. So basically, this is what happens when you get a guy whose entire agenda is reacting to shit. 
He's uh, he's reacting to Twitter. He's reacting to Facebook. He's reacting to cable news, mostly cable news. And then it's just there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just like blah. It's like you know. It's almost kind of like what we do, which is just something happens and then we react and then we talk about it. But Donald Trump is the president of the United States. There should be some sort of you know agenda. <laughs> he should have some sort of leadership position where he um he sets an agenda and he does things in an ordered and measured fashion you know maybe one this is the story of the day here's the story of the day that's how it worked under ronald reagan i mean they would give him a story of the day and a line of the day and that was his whole thing for that 24-hour span he lived and breathed that line it was the same with george w bush it's message discipline And Donald Trump is all over the board. And this leads me to the conclusion. Now, I I have, by the way, uh, I should (laughs) mention here that it is day 89 in the Trump crisis. 89 days since Election Day. Uh, I've tried really hard to resist putting Donald Trump on the uh, psychiatrist couch. It's really hard, as we all witness. Oh no, the- no, 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 no! He's fucking nuts. Oh, I know. I, that's he what I'm. He's completely. You know, as, <laughs> that's what I'm as, getting to. As crazy as it sounds <laughs> to say it, and yeah. as you know, like, like there have been times I love Keith Olbermann. I really do, and God uh, bless him for the work he's been doing. Yeah. But certainly, he can be so. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not direct, but he can be so sort of like on it the almost nose. Seems yeah. hyperbolic. Yeah. That that you kind of tend to disregard some of what he says because oh, yeah. it's just yeah. you can, even me even me as crazy as it's been I've tried so hard not to be hyperbolic right but when he was on Mar the other night and he made that perfect point about Russia where he said look he's like the whole point of, of a war is to uh, not just gain ground but to mm-hmm. install your guy oh, yeah. in into power yep. in another country so when you look at it that way russia basically invaded us and that's a great way of putting it mm-hmm. and and so his latest thing where he says he's like look the guy the guy's a madman and yep. he is he absolutely is he is that interview with Muir was I can't even process. Yeah, it's it's impossible to uh, to fully was, digest I, what happened. I realize you know the fun thing about this this president so far, if the, if you can we can find any fun in it, is that everyone seems to be going to the same sort of pop culture markers, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating. Like yeah. everyone seemed to latch on to the fact that what was happening was sort of Orwellian in mm. in the worst possible way, yeah. and so many people have now jumped on the sort of Captain Quig bandwagon yeah, and made Captain comments about strawberries. You know the strawberries. <laughs> that's how I got. <laughs> Yes, I've seen that all over the place. And you yeah. were the first one to make that reference. You made the strawberries reference Tuesday morning on this show. Yeah. That was long yeah, before mean, other people were doing it. That was that. That's what I've seen. The sort of paranoia over. Uh, he he actually he he talked about how how at the CIA he got a standing ovation and no one had gotten a standing ovation like that since Peyton Manning. Has Peyton Manning visited the fucking CIA? No, he's talking about the Super Bowl audience, the super, the, the stadium where the Super Bowl, I think that's what he and, was and talking like, about. Know, there are very many people there and they were, they were all, they were, they were applauding and there were so many people applauding and, and then you know what? And then, and come over here and he showed him a picture. Yeah. He showed him a picture of the inauguration. I know. Most people ever watched an inauguration, ever seen an inauguration. That is out and out 
it's out and out. It's not yes. even. It's not even a lie. It's a hallucination. It's a delusion. It's it's madness, is what it is. He is it completely is. obsessed. He's madness. He's, he's completely wrapped up in in litigating the crowd size from the inauguration, and that doesn't give you the impression that he is mentally unfit to serve as president. I don't know what else will. Uh, let's. I mean, I want to go back to Keith Olbermann for a second and what you said there. Shut <laughs> the hell up. Yes, thank you, Keith. And uh, and I want to talk about the Orwell thing too because. I think we're making a mistake if we superimpose Hitler or Mussolini or Orwell or any of these precedents onto Donald Trump. Donald Trump is his own kind of madness. And I think it's it's fine, obviously, to go to the, well, there are some Orwellian tactics here, but we, we got to make sure that we don't go full Orwell and so, because that's going to mislead us into thinking in terms of in, interpreting what the threat is. You're, you're right, and it's also the, the thing about the party yeah. in 1984 is that there was they were very smart. There mm -hmm. was a method to that madness. Yeah. There is no method to this. No. He is just a batch of crazy narcissist. That's exactly right, and that leads me back to what my original point was: is that you know, and again, I have tried not to go. Let's oh, he's a malignant narcissist. Here's, uh, but here's the thing, and this is the important thing: while he may not be. Orwellian, so to speak, the mm -hmm. party, the Republican Party, yeah. is. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, they're the ones they're... who are backing this crap. Well, they're, they're tactics the ones are. who are who are you know riding his riding his success. Oh yeah, and just letting him get away with it because it keeps them in power. They are evil. Yeah, and to see Paul Ryan standing up in front of the press and just sort of grinning and downplaying it as if it's politics as usual is almost as infuriating as when Donald Trump goes off the way he did. And I, and again, I couldn't help but to watch the ABC News footage. And obviously, you know, you're looking at everything that's gone down since Inauguration Day, especially. And it doesn't even count all of the insanity that we dealt with during the transition. But this man is very clearly unfit to serve as President of the United States. And I don't throw that around easily. I never once said that about George W. Bush. I never said that he needs to be removed from office because he is mentally unsound. And, and I, I can't even begin to... Uh, imagine what it was like to be congressional leadership Monday night, Stand, sitting in the Oval Office, eating, what, what was it, pink? He served them pigs in a blanket? Pigs in a blanket. He served them, because of course he served them <laughs> crappy food. Crappy of food. Of course he served them crappy he's food. Got, he's got his White House uh, kitchen up in the executive mansion stocked with Lay's potato chips. If this is not the the white trash presidency, the nouveau, re I mean, he's serving uh, ch like Chuck Schumer. Oh, here's Chuck Schumer. Here's pigs in a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and then he and then if that isn't insulting enough, he spends I don't know how long the, the first big chunk of the meeting talking about the, it's the same touchstones for Donald Trump, the inaugural crowd sizes, the uh, oh, of course, the popular vote. That was where we really get into he's in the head territory because that's where we get into this ridiculous voter fraud yeah. Conspiracy theory because it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to think about when yeah. you consider that not only not only does he believe that there was or or is he saying anyway that there was a voter fraud on a scale of three to five million people, mm -hmm. but that he is on he's legitimately saying that they all voted for Clinton. Yeah. Yep, he they all voted for Clinton. There's no way he can. There's no way he can know any of that. He basically he's going in and and what that reveals. When he was talking about that, and we're going to, we actually have, instead of the audio from the ABC News uh, uh, segments, the ABC News interview last night, we've got the transcript, and we're just going to, uh, Chez is going to perform 
<laughs> Donald Trump. But, I can't uh, do a good Trump. <laughs> I mean, it's madness is what it is. But what that shows to us is that he is he is going to fashion this voter fraud investigation of his precisely so that it fits within his own insecurities so that it does mitigate his insecurities about losing the popular vote that's the whole mission of this he is going to task federal investigators at whatever level whether it's inside the white house or within the uh, within law enforcement at the federal level he's going to have some investigation and it's all going to be serving his insecurities it's not going to be serving oh let's get to the bottom of what happened here it's all about donald trump lost the popular vote by 2.8 million votes well let's fix that otherwise i can't continue on uh as a happy person (laughs) that's what it's all about and if that isn't an entire bastardization of the role of the executive branch. I mean, the executive branch is not there to assuage Donald Trump's fifis. That's not why it spends uh, taxpayer dollars. That's not why it exists in the Constitution. That's not why it's there. But Donald Trump absolutely thinks it's there. Now the, the executive branch is there to to b- bolster Donald Trump's uh, train wreck of an emotional state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about... Let's talk about this voter fraud thing, because this is what this came up Monday night in his meeting with congressional leadership. And I guess the point of bringing that up, too, is to say they have to see it. Paul Ryan has to see it. Mitch McConnell has to see it. Uh, 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 Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. They all have to know. They all have to know that he's bad. And we throw that around as sort of an insult. And we say this or that about people. Oh, that guy's bad. But no, this Trump guy is, is genuinely Trump is legitimately Trump is legitimately unfit for office. He's yeah, insane. Yeah, he's he's fucked in the head. He is a mess. He is I maybe a few steps away from Howard Hughes locked in the in the room with the the newsreels and the jars of urine. Again, at least Howard Hughes did something. At least yeah, he, Howard he built Hughes a, accomplished something. That's right. So where did this conspiracy come from that he's talking about, this this voter fraud conspiracy? Well, there are a couple of levels to it. And, of course, the main level, he's not willing to admit publicly. But this comes directly from Alex Jones. This is all about Alex Jones. And, and it brings up our favorite Alex Jones reporter, Paul Joseph Watson. We talked about Paul Joseph Watson. What was it, a Tuesday show? We talked about it in a, in a recent show. Paul J. Paul J. Watson. Paul J. Watson. Paul Watson. He's got he's three. No, yeah, he's no longer. Uh, he's he's no been, longer Paul Joseph Watson. He's been demoted by by having one of his names removed. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson wrote an article that was based on, and he wrote this article about this alleged group of three million illegal immigrants, non citizens, as the article goes, that voted in the uh, twenty sixteen election, all entirely for Hillary Clinton, and all in states where, hmm, weirdly, she didn't need the votes. You know, they didn't vote for her in places like Florida and North Carolina and Ohio, or for that matter, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. They all voted for her in California and New York where she didn't need the votes. And this all comes from not some independent stuff. It doesn't come from Rasmussen or something like that, or Nate Silver or anyone like that. You know where it comes from? You know where this information comes from originally? You know what the source is for Paul Joseph Watson's super serious InfoWars article? Mm. Some guy on Twitter. 
Yeah, it's it literally, like you said, it's literally some guy on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, some guy on Twitter writes something about uh, voter registrations and then says, then draws the conclusion, and this is over the course of just two tweets, so this is less than 280 characters total, uh, that, oh, well, this obviously means that 3 million non-citizens voted in the election, and specifically for Hillary Clinton. Oh, and specifically in California and New York. Oh, and, and here's my evidence. Oh, wait, I don't have evidence. So Paul Joseph Watson jumps on this and runs with this story. So it basically goes some guy on Twitter, Paul Joseph Watson and Alex Jones, and then Donald Trump, the president of the United States. And this all went down after he was elected. So this isn't something that Donald Trump's been obsessed with for years, like the birth certificate and all that crap. This is something that's recent. This is post-election. This is when he was the president-elect. That's when he's buying into this conspiracy theory. That's so, what's so fucking crazy about this whole thing. So there's that. And then, of course, publicly, he brings up a study by Pew, by the Pew Research Group right. from, not, right. from 2012. And this is something that came up, and we'll, we'll talk about this again when we talk about the ABC News interview, news interview from last night. And, uh, but the Pew study, just to get the details out of the way on this, the Pew study was about voter registration inefficiencies it has nothing to do in fact the study mentions voter fraud exactly zero times wrong the this i read the study from top to bottom yesterday i read the whole goddamn thing it has everything to do with redundant voter registrations and the inefficiencies of the various uh, secretaries of state to get their voter rolls in order that's all it was about it had nothing to do with people. Yes, there are people um, like Steve Bannon and like uh, uh, Tiffany Trump who are registered in more than one state because they've, you know, they've lived in more than one state. I'm fairly certain I'm sitting here right now. I'm registered maybe in three states simultaneously. I'm probably still registered in Pennsylvania. I know I'm still registered in Hawaii and I'm registered in California. I'm registered in Florida. I'm not registered in California. Well, so Donald Trump must be coming after me now. That must be it. Because that's what he's... Now he's focused on this Pew study. And then uh, then in that interview last night, David Muir brings up, well, well, I I talked to the author of that interview, and he said, and Donald Trump basically pulled a Serge Kovaleski. He yeah, was like, he's oh, gro- he's groveling. He's, he's, he's just groveling. He's like, oh, I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, so he said the same thing about Serge Gro- uh, Kovaleski. It's just, oh, he's just groveling. And so he, what he claims is he was imitating Serge Kovaleski's groveling. That was his excuse there. And that was his excuse about this Pew guy. But he clearly didn't read the study. He was probably just told about it. He probably read about it on Twitter or heard about it from Alex Jones or saw it in this Paul Joseph Watson piece. <sighs> But it has nothing oh, to do with me. What? Oh, I'm what? sorry. This just showed up on my phone. Oh, God. Sitting here. What? President President Trump's. This is from the New York Times. I get New York mm. Times alerts. Uh-uh. President Trump's strategist Stephen Bannon attacked the media as, quote, the opposition and said it should, quote, keep its mouth shut. Oh, right. They're going to. Oh, silencing the media. Huh? <laughs> you know shut what? You know the what? Hell up. You know what? Responsible press. Yeah. Rip this administration to shreds. Yeah, they've already started, by the way. Drag it down. 
They've already drag started. it down brick by fucking brick. Yeah, it has to. Has to be. I mean, there's got to be a critical mass on a number of things. And, and you know, I don't even know if we're going to get to all the things today. I know the show maybe seems a little scattered, but it's it's simply because we're, we're trying to grab this crap as it comes down. We haven't even gotten into martial law yet. We haven't gotten into uh, uh, the, the full scope of what happened on ABC News last night in that interview, that primetime interview with Trump, the madness about the crowd sizes and talking about torture and talking about taking the oil and talking, oh my God, he is nuts. And if you cannot see that he's nuts, if you're still subscribed to, well, he's just going to be crazy like a fox. You're still subscribed to that idea. And I've heard that idea from a bunch of people. You are not paying attention. You need to pay much closer attention because this guy, his cheese is falling off his cracker with haste. It's going down. And I will not be surprised. I mean, I've written off the idea of impeachment, even though that it is possible uh, if the Democrats win back the House in 2018, which is possible, which is very possible, depending on the critical mass that we reach. Um, I've kind of written that off because I think maybe what's going to eliminate this guy What's going to get him out of the White House is the 25th Amendment. That's going to be more expedient. And again, they have to see it. I mean, for God's sake, and maybe not a good idea to talk about this right before we talk about uh, something fun like Harry's razors. But, you know, North Korea, it was just announced last night, North Korea is about to pop off another uh, ICBM and a test. It's going to happen any day now. They're reporting it that it could happen anytime, anywhere. That was the actual statement from North Korea, Pyongyang. Uh, and they said, can you imagine what is Trump going to do when he hears that they popped off a nuclear test? Just a missile without a nuke warhead Chicago. attached to it. Yeah, he's going to nuke Chicago. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> Mr. Trump, you going to nuke Chicago? Wrong. Mm, maybe you will. What about China? China, maybe. <sighs> So we're trying to keep up with all of it. Um, We're going to talk about the ABC News interview. We have to talk about martial law. That seems like a million years ago. Martial law. Martial law in Chicago. Good Lord. That's where he's going. That's where he's going. And people telling me, posse comitatus, Bob. And I'm saying, do you think Donald Trump cares about that? Donald Trump doesn't even know what that is. I'm sure he can't even spell it. If he knew what it was, he's got to write it down. He doesn't know. Probably has to spell it out phonetically. So this and yeah, this this Bannon interview, uh huh. It, it's just it, it's the it's the ravings of of it's the ravings of the guy who runs Breitbart. Yeah, well, there you go. That's exactly what you would expect. It's it's just this scathing takedown of the elite media and how they didn't get it and they still don't understand Donald Trump's victory and they don't matter anymore and they were humiliated. You know, and 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 you know, nobody got fired after Trump's victory, even though everybody got it wrong, and everybody was in the tank for Clinton. Which, fucking God, of course they weren't. All right, for God's sake, if we they are were in the tank for if they were in the tank for Clinton, then Jesus, Clinton would probably be president because all that crap about emails wouldn't have gone around the world. Oh yeah, and we have an email story too. We all, I almost forgot about that. Oh, yeah. We've got a Trump White House email story. Um, So let's talk about Harry's Razors. I love my Harry's Razors. I'm freshly shaven this morning. And the best thing about my face, that is, I don't shave my body hair. But, I mean, you can use Harry's if you choose to do that. I know a lot of guys are doing that these days. Harry's Razors are perfect for that. 
Plus, they've got the extra uh, trimmer blade now, which is awesome for trimming uh, sideburns. And I found out the woman who cuts my hair also uh, listens to the show, and she sent me a text saying, oh, yeah, sideburns, totally cool. I said, oh, okay, well, that's good. At least I know they're uh, still in fashion. I know my sideburns. So if you have sideburns like me, you can trim them with your Harry's Razor trimmer blade. Just that little extra blade that they put along the top of the uh, Harry's Razor. So for decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. You know the one I'm talking about. Starts with a G and rhymes with Schmillet. <laughs> so Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving for you. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers their blades at half the price. Just $2 a blade compared to $4 or more you'll pay at the drugstore. Harry's razors include everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with lubricating strip, and my favorite, trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Harry is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. Just cover shipping when you sign up. Plus, as a special offer for fans of the show, go to harrys.com right now, enter the code B-A-N-D-C at checkout, and get a post-shave balm also for free. That's harrys.com. The code is B-A-N-D-C. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. And welcome back to the show today, our Thursday show. Uh, okay. <sighs> what do we get to next? Hmm. Nah, I don't even know where to begin. So the uh, Trump's own attorneys who were involved in the uh, recount in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin uh, agree that there is no voter fraud. Trump's own attorneys. I wonder if they're groveling. So in their actual response to Jill Stein's challenge of the vote in those states, they wrote, these are Trump's own lawyers, remember. All available evidence suggests that the 2016 general election was not, and not as in italics, not tainted by fraud or mistake. That's Trump's attorneys. Let's ask one of Trump's attorneys. Uh, was there any fraud during the election, Meatloaf? Absolutely. No. <laughs> Meatloaf isn't one of Trump's attorneys. <sighs> Meatloaf, do you always masquerade as one of Trump's attorneys? Absolutely. Well, you shouldn't. I think that's against the law to impersonate an attorney, especially for Donald Trump. So uh, so we know where this conspiracy theory comes from about, about voter fraud, but he's going to have an investigation anyway. We learned that, too. Um, here's kind of just a rundown. We're talking about the police blotter thing. Uh, Slate put together a rundown of er everything that happened yesterday alone. This is Elliot Hannon writing for Slate. Um, and these are all the Trump things. These are basically a rundown of the tennis ball machine from Wednesday. Wednesday alone. So we have the voter fraud sham. Today, the President of the United States rolled out of bed and called for a major investigation into non-existent voter fraud. By the way, Bush Justice Department, I always try to mention this whenever we talk about voter fraud. Bush Justice Department said the, uh, the voter fraud rate in a, uh, in a study from, uh, I believe it was 2001 to 2005, the voter fraud rate was 0.0000013%. That is statistically nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Heritage Foundation, I was getting links from Trump trolls yesterday about this Heritage Foundation study. They studied multiple elections over the course of something like 10 years. You know how many examples of voter fraud they found and still sounded an alarm over it? Eight. Mm. Eight. 
Yeah. Eight. There were 140, something like 140 million ballots cast in the uh, 2016 election. Has there been any reports of voter fraud? It, I mean, that is in-person voter fraud. Someone voting twice, someone masquerading as someone else. Zero. There have been no reports, certainly then no prosecutions for voter fraud, except for Donald Trump and Alex Jones and Paul Joseph Watson. Paul Joseph Watson, who, by the way, uh, always want to mention this one, too. Paul Joseph Watson was responsible for the Common Core dildo story. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> Remember when InfoWars published a completely fake story about a Common, yeah. common Core teacher as if yeah. there are Common Core teachers? There are and teachers. Dan, and and uh, Dan Bedondi went fucking insane for it. Dan Bedondi went nuts. Strap on dildos. Dildo. Dildo. It's a penis. Artificial penis. Dildos. Dildo. Dildo. Damn dildo. Strap on dildos. Dildos. <laughs> Part of the Common Core. Uh, common Core curriculum involves teaching kindergartners, not just any school students, kindergartners, about strap on dildos. That's the brilliant reporting of Paul Joseph Watson. Paul Joseph Watson was also scammed by a Scottish prankster into publishing an article last week in which he claimed that uh, within 48 hours of the inauguration, the Tom Arnold Trump tape of him apparently saying the N-word was going to be uh, leaked by CNN and BuzzFeed. And, and, of course, Paul Joseph Watson ran with that story. That story, unlike the Common Core story, is still posted on Infowars.com. I thought I would mention that. Okay, so back to the, uh, back to the list of things. More things! Uh, the wall to nowhere. Uh, today, President Trump signed an order directing the Department of Homeland Security to build a wall along the border with Mexico. That's never going to happen. There'll be p- pieces of a wall, <laughs> like there is now, and maybe some of those pieces will be spruced up, Trump style, with, I don't know, what, he's going to pay, like spray-painted gold or something, make, make sure to make that big, beautiful door. But he's not going to be able to build a wall from the Pacific Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico. It's just not going to happen. I think, I mean, the low estimates are something like $80 billion. I calculated, because Bill O'Reilly at one point was talking about like a a Berlin-style wall along the entire southern border, which would have been, which would have cost more than the entire stimulus cost. Uh, yeah. In 2009. What, what exactly? What happened to all these fiscal conservatives? You know what? Forget it. Why am I even asking? <laughs> yeah, I know. Why, why bother? What a waste. Immigrants as criminals. Today, we learned that part of America's new anti-immigration strategy will be a weekly published report of a, quote, comprehensive list of criminal actions committed by aliens. This is their word. This is the Trump words. By aliens in any jurisdiction that ignored or otherwise failed to honor any detainers with respect to such aliens. So, what is that? Is that is that aimed at the sanctuary cities? I guess. Uh, Any yeah, jurisdiction. I know, I know that he said that he was going to uh, withhold federal funds from sanctuary cities. <laughs> Which, by the way, I love what you see. What Boston did today. What did Boston do? Boston basically stood up there and said, "Fuck you, we're going to continue to be a sanctuary city." <laughs> well, good. I mean, the the entire like the the basically the entire government of Boston stood there, and and this this happened like minutes ago. Right. And, and by the way, I'm still, this is still, we're still three items into Wednesday. There are a lot more. Criminalization of immigrants. Today we found out that there will be an office for victims of crimes committed by removable aliens. The Trump administration is now describing undocumented workers as removable aliens. Oh, and torture works. That was the big one. That was another big one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's telling he's telling that he's telling uh, David Muir in this interview with ABC News that uh, that he talked to Mad Dog Mattis and 
uh, and, and everyone else is some of his close advisors. They all say, well, no, we don't like toy. That doesn't work. It's better if you just use uh, an adult beverage and a pack of cigarettes. That's that's Mattis's strategy for getting valuable information from uh, detainees. Um, and then Trump says, but the top people in the intelligence community say that torture works. He actually used the word like people are coming to him saying, yeah, torture works. Right. That's, I a, that's, an, that's another case of Trump. You know, oh, a lot of people are coming to me. A lot of people. A lot of people. Many, pe- many, many people. Many, many people are coming to him saying torture works. And the, que- the question you have to ask and not let that go is who? Right. Who? Well, many, many people. Who? Many people. I want you to name me one name of someone who is in a position of authority to understand these things who has told you that torture works. Because I guarantee you, a person in a position of authority is probably, first of all, is probably not going to say that regardless, just mm-hmm. because. But is not going to say that because it's just not fucking true. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's just as many people as uh, there are scientists who disagree with the climate crisis. You know what I mean? It's probably just this teeny tiny faction of... You know, there's always going to be some hothead who thinks, yeah, yeah, we should string them all up. There's always gonna, you're always going to find that guy. But whether that guy found Trump is a different story. I think, again, we can't trust anything that Trump says at all. So I'm sure there aren't people. And, and the good news is, is that he seems to be deferring to Mattis, which I guess is important. But you let's do the uh, let's do the quote from ABC News last night when when Trump started ranting about torture. Let's do that quote, Chess, because I th- I think you've got the transcript there. Let's just go over Trump on torture. Hold on, I, I and, have to find the Trump and get a get okay, a get a full full view of what he had to say. Okay. About torture. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's see. Uh, I'll get some I'll get some appropriate music here. <laughs> That's a good choice. <laughs> I don't want people to chop off the citizens uh, or anybody's heads in the Middle East, okay? Because they're Christian or Muslim or anything else. I don't want, look, you were old enough to have seen a time that was much different. You never saw heads chopped off until a few years ago. Now they chop them off and they put them on camera and they send them all over the world. So we have that and we're not allowed to do anything. We're not playing on an even field. I will say this, I I will rely on Pompeo and Mattis in my group. And if they want to do, if they don't want to do, that's fine. If they want to do, what if they do want to do, then I will work for that end. I want to do everything within the bounds of what you're allowed to do legally. But do I feel it works? Absolutely, I feel it works. Have I spoken to people at the top levels and, and people have, that have seen it work? I haven't seen it work, but I think it works. <laughs> have I spoken to people that feel strongly about it? Absolutely. Who gives a f***ing sh- <laughs> And again, this is, this is more of that bullshit with, the, with what he feels. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the facts are. It matters what he thinks is right. He said he hasn't seen it work. So why does he believe? It's just what he, again, just like you said, he hasn't seen it work. Everyone around him is telling him that it doesn't work, but he believes it works. Does it make any sense whatsoever? God damn it. So, uh, so yeah, so we're going to be torturing again, evidently, and that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to create, I think we're going to see more mutinies, and that's the big story I want to get to after another break. After we get back from a break, we got to talk about, this is maybe the big headline story from today, this is Thursday now, um, and it has to do with uh, the State Department, and, and exactly, there were several other branches or several sub-level agencies and things like that, people within the executive branch right now whether it's the bureaucracy or actual cabinet-level departments that are actively rebelling 
<laughs> against the Trump leadership. And we're going to talk about the State Department in, in just one second. But first, uh, I got to talk about a brand new, oh, brand new sponsor. It's, uh, you know, are the, are the kids wearing watches these days? Oh, the kids. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Because I'm wearing watches. I know a lot of people are still wearing watches like old, you know, just regular old school uh, mechanical watches. And the best place to get a watch, the finest watches I've ever seen, are at MVMT. I've got my uh, my MVMT uh, watch right here, and it's a Calypso. I, I love this watch. It's uh, a Calypso like. Calypso uh, at MVMT. Is, uh, it's got a brushed rose gold stainless steel case. It's got a black dial, black and rose gold hands, and markers, rose gold second hand, black silicone strap, an interchangeable strap that fits with any other uh, 20 millimeter strap. Just love this watch. I'm wearing it all the time now. So don't stop me, even if you've heard this before. A couple of college students wanted the kind of stylish watches others were wearing, but like a lot of college kids, they were broke. Nothing that stylish with any quality was affordable. Little research taught them quality and fashion don't have to be expensive. You cut out the middleman by selling directly to you online. So little by little, they start their own watch company in the same way we started this show, right? Even the name of the company is high fashion. MBMT for movement. That's what it stands for. People ask you about your movement watch with its classic design, minimalist style, and quality construction. There are watches that would sell in a department store, but Movement makes them yours, starting at just 95 bucks with free shipping and free returns. That's why Movement is the world's fastest-growing watch company, with over half a million sold in more than 160 countries around the world. And because you listen to this show, you get another 15% off that already amazing price. Just go to mvmtwatches.com slash Bob and Chez. Be like us. Join the movement. That's mvmtwatches.com slash Bob and Chess. Shove Bob and Chess into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chess Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Okay. Uh, if you want to do some shopping, go to our Amazon link that's at bobseska.com just beneath the logo. Click the uh, link that says Amazon link. It takes you right to the front page of amazon.com and you go shopping at Amazon. Everything you could possibly imagine is located there. You can buy anything you want. Plus, uh, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It helps support the show. Make sure to bookmark that. And if you have a small business, do all of your sourcing, all of your materials through our Amazon link. Thank you in advance. Okay, so the State Department, The what's the story here? The uh, entire senior management team just walked out. Yeah, they walked, they walked out, and Trump is already saying, uh, you know, they didn't quit. I fired them. <laughs> yeah, yep. sure. That's right. Uh, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson's job running the State Department just got considerably more difficult. <laughs> the entire senior level of management officials resigned Wednesday, part of an ongoing mass exodus of senior foreign service officers who don't want to stick around for the Trump era. So it's just like they're hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging jobs here uh, at the uh, cabinet level. Uh, no, no, but that's not what happened because Donald Trump, you fired. Oh, he's just fired. fired. Yeah. <laughs> of course. They're going to say otherwise because they've, you know, they're just groveling. I guess that's going to be his story. But, uh, and, and maybe, you know, obviously the uh, Occam's razor comes to, to into play here. It's obvious that they don't want to be a part of the Trump administration. And I, yeah. frankly, it's completely understandable that something, what was it, like 12 
administration officials leaked to uh, right. what was it, the Washington Post the other day? Yeah. And so even the people inside, they don't want to be dragged down with this sinking ship. And we're only tomorrow's going to be one week that Trump has been president. Jesus God. And it's just, just, you know, they're already, they've already got a bunker mentality. I just, I can't, I can't wait until this guy is beaten, ejected something and, and him and all of these clowns that have now entered the sort of public consciousness, mm-hmm. Steve Bannon yeah. and uh, and uh, Kellyanne Conway, they're all thrown out on their asses. And yeah. I really hope that's what happened. I really, I really hope whoever comes in next is just like, you know what? Get the fuck out. Yeah. Get well, out. I mean, that's just it. I mean, at some point they have to realize that they either cut bait and walk away or they're just going to get sucked down in with uh, with Donald Trump's emerging madness. I mean, he was he was crazy ten years ago. He was crazy twenty years ago. Yeah. Now he's president of the United States. He's saddled with this incredible responsibility, and all he can do is think about how big or small his crowd sizes were on inauguration day. Yep, that's all he cares about. Just staggering. During that ABC News uh, interview last night with David Muir, I mean, this is all you need to know. I mean, this is really. This is the centerpiece of, to me, what could get this guy removed from office through the, the Section 4 of the 25th Amendment, which is basically the vice president of the cabinet going to Congress and saying, this guy, this guy can't cope anymore. He's locked in some room. He's relentlessly masturbating and saving his urine in mason jars. Can you imagine what that first State of the Union address is going to be like? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. February, what is it? February 27th or something? That's what it's going to be. <laughs> just imagine that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm, I'm really I, I'm really hoping that that, uh, you know, the Democrats get up and walk out. I mean, there are so many things that I'm, I'm thinking about, including that. But I'm also thinking about what happens when Pyongyang fires off a uh, oh, type. Yeah. That's, type even, of, that's even more terrible. And like like you said, they're going to test him. They're going to do yeah. it because they know that he's his own worst enemy. Yeah. And what and whatever they do, whatever minuscule thing they do, he will compound it by a million. Oh and yeah. The damage will be endless. Yeah. I mean, what's he going to do? You, we've seen how he reacts on Twitter when someone makes fun of him. Can you imagine what's going to be like when when uh, Kim Jong Un fires off a typo dong missile? <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what that's going to end up being. His reaction. I mean, what's he going to do when they actually fire off one, even if it doesn't have a warhead attached to it? They just test, you know, they just test the rocket. He's going to go indiscriminately bananas. He's going to do something completely erratic, something completely unpredictable. Okay, when we come, we're going to do one last break. When we come back, we're going to do this. Uh, at the end of the interview on ABC News last night, he, he led David Muir into this hallway near the Oval Office and started pointing out the photos of the crowd sizes. Yep. I shit you not. That actually happened last night. This is, this is where we are, folks. Uh, more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out. Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. 
Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining, good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign, because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. A uh, former ambassador served under uh, Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice said that while there's always a lot of turnover around the time a new administration takes office, traditionally senior officials work with the new team to see who should stay on in their roles and what other jobs might be available. That's not what happened this time, of course. Because uh, Donald Trump is a uh, maniac. All right, welcome back to our uh, Thursday show. Uh, this, to me, was the uh, absolute low point of the uh, Donald Trump interview on ABC News. And we're going to actually play this audio. I'm going to play the actual audio for this because you, you have to hear it verbatim. Him pointing out these uh, photographs on the wall next to, in the hallway next to the Oval Office and going over and over again the crowd sizes. He's so obsessed and so butthurt. What were some of the reports we're hearing that he was personally injured by the comparative crowd sizes on Saturday versus Friday? Both CNN and uh, and I believe it was the New York Times used the word enraged. Yep. Enraged. Enraged. Visibly enraged were the words. Here's Donald Trump last night during an interview with a major network to be aired during prime time on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Donald Trump, President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a picture of the event. Here's a picture of the crowd. Now, the audience was the biggest ever, but this crowd was massive. Look how far back it goes. This crowd was massive. And I would actually take that camera and take your time if you want to know the truth. And just <laughs> he recommends that the camera guy take his time photographing the photo of the crowd size unbelievable that is unbelievable biggest ever the biggest ever the audience was the biggest ever. again verifiably wrong wrong verifiably not true wrong wrong but of course that's all fake news chess it's all that's all fake that's not real but he kept going he kept going that was only the first 17 seconds out of out of over a minute Oh, my God. Before we leave, the president tells us he wants to show us just one more image. One thing this shows is how far over they go here. Look, look how far this is. This goes all the way down here, all the way down. Nobody sees that. You don't see that in the pictures. But when you look at this tremendous sea of love, I call it a sea of love. The sea of love. Wow. Oh, my God. You just, you know. He is, he is absolutely insane. His ability to govern is solely predicated upon his ability to understand that everything he does is the greatest. And so, therefore, anything that contravenes that slices into his ability to lead, 
Do you understand that? It's like every time something happens that aggrieves him, something that is is an affront to him, and it's always this petty shit. It's like someone has just stabbed him in the gut and he's got to like stick his, he's like for the next three weeks, he's got to sit there and like stick his guts back into his stomach. That's what he's doing. It's just, and, and because that these sorts of slights to him um, are so crippling to him emotionally and psychologically, that makes him incapable of leading. If his yeah, ability, again, if his ability, anything, to, he can't think of anything else. Yeah. I mean, again, his ability to lead is predicated on his ability to, to imagine himself as the greatest person in the history of the world. And when that is subverted, he can't lead. It's simple as that. God, he hasn't even stopped talking yet about this. Here's here's more. It's really something special that all these people traveled here from all parts of the country, maybe the world, but all parts of the country hard for them to get here. Many of these people were the forgotten men and women, many of them. And they loved what I had to say. But more importantly, they're going to love the result. Mr. President. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you David. Thank you. <laughs> God damn it. Shut the hell up. Right. You know what it reminds me of? Um, I, this, this is like, this is such a, it's probably an obscure reference, but mm. I remember it, I noticed it really well. Yeah. Um, Remember when Michael Jackson hung his kid over the balcony? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Did you ever see the, the interview that he did afterward where he tried to defend himself? Where he was, he was like frenzied. Yeah, oh, yeah, and sure. Like, and he says, he says, I didn't do anything. I was, I was waving to thousands of fans. And there were like maybe 30, 40 people. <laughs> right. Always like uses there, were, his... there weren't thousands of fans. Yeah. There were like, at best, there was maybe 100. It says he's using human shields. Trump does that all the time. Uses human shield. Yeah, they they I love mean, their human shields. This is what happens when you just you have to have that fame. Yeah. And we now have, you know, we now have someone in office who is basically, uh, you know, the the representation of that. Yeah. The representation of the reality TV star, the person who is famous for being famous, who cannot handle, who cannot handle it when fame goes away. Yeah. I mean, he's completely obsessed with what for any other president is pretty mundane series of things. Like he's really impressed by just the ordinary shit that goes on. Like he's like, yeah, look, look at the white house. It's made out of these uh, white stones and they're, oh, they're yeah. carved into perfect rectangles and they put them all together and they make, it's like uh, David Lee Roth talking about tattoos. It's like yeah. unbelievable. All these guys walking around with tattoos now. Right. He can't, he can't, <laughs> like he's, he's so obsessed with himself. He's staggered that, by that, the mundane. Yeah, that when actual reality enters the picture, he cannot discern between the spectacular and the merely mundane. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly right. So, and that's what he like the crowd size, like his value as chief executive of the United States is predicated on everyone getting that he had a big crowd, even though he didn't, and even though it was a matter yeah, and of he has he has the nerve, by the way, the nerve. <laughs> To, to say that it's not about him, yeah. that it's about all those people, the sea of love who came out to see him, which is such fucking bullshit. I kept expecting this because that photo, that last photo he was pointing to is almost like a, a panoramic. In fact, it is a panoramic. And I was expecting him to say, look, there were so many people here. It actually bended time and space. <laughs> That's how many people were here. And they were all here. It was a sea of love and it bended time and space. 
but, but I mean, see again, how it curves? Again, it curves I, I around. Love, I love David Muir, and I get that he had to, you know, yeah. that at some point, again, this is how Trump gets away with it, mm. is he just, he, he, I've known people like this. You, we've all known people who are so arrogant that they just refuse. There are, whatever they say, that's the correct thing. No matter how much you argue with them, they're not going to give in. Yeah. But I just wish Muir had just said, wait a second, wait a second. You can talk about seas of love and you can talk about, you know, <laughs> all these love. people who were there and you can talk about the forgotten, but you can do all that. That's fine. That's your fucking opinion. Yeah. But this thing that you said, this one thing that you said, that it was the most watched and most attended, yeah. that is not true. Right. That is provably 100% not true. Right, right. And, right. and I want to correct you on that because I think it's important. I need to know what your thought process is there, yeah. how you can say something that is provably, verifiably not true. Yeah. I, you know, I guess the other problem is, and I'm not trying to make excuses for a kind of the lightweight treatment uh, of Donald Trump last night, but I guess to a certain extent, they're probably limited on time. They probably got a very narrow window where you can you got to get as many questions out for this guy as you possibly can. And and they could very easily end up spinning their wheels on, let's say, martial law alone right. um, or in this case, uh, torture or the crowd sizes. <laughs> These are the things that Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is thinking about. Uh, number one, his popular vote. Uh, number two, crowd sizers. Number three, torture and martial law. Right. Exactly. At number three and four. Exactly. <laughs> God but damn you know, it. Let's, let's keep something in mind. And this is something that, God, this is something I, I hope the press understands, especially with assholes like Bannon, you know, who is a hack, uh, you know, a hack member of the press. Yeah. You know, the worst, the worst of the worst in terms of just being a hack fucking liar. Mm -hmm. Um but I think it's important to, to understand that, yeah, you know what? Talking to Trump tends to get ratings. Yeah. But you know what will really get ratings? Uh, essentially <laughs> calling him to the calling him to the carpet. Yep. And if he won't speak to you, watching him go bat on you. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great for ratings. Yeah. When he, comes, when he comes back and calls you all kinds of names, it's going to be because you're telling the truth, not because you're, you know, you're assaulting him, but because you're telling the truth. Mm -hmm. That is going to come back and it's going to be great. And you know what? I can't say this enough to the people who are members of the responsible press. Breaking that big story, breaking that big mammoth story that he cannot get around, mm -hmm. that is the thing that is going to make you a legend. <laughs> I mean, people are beginning to realize that this guy is bananas and that it's going to be very easy to antagonize him. And all you have to do is repeat the truth in a public forum and that he's just going to go nuts. He's just going to go crazy. Um, let's see. One last thing before we wrap up the show. And we got it. It's amazing that this has come up last in the sequence of events on the show today. But uh, Tuesday night, just randomly out of nowhere, well, seemingly out of nowhere. But it, it turns out in reaction to Donald Trump watching a segment on Bill O'Reilly on the O'Reilly factor yeah. uh, about Chicago, prompting Donald Trump to uh, to tweet a threat about uh, instituting martial law in Chicago. And people say, well, this could actually mean just uh, 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 martial, like marshals or the uh, FBI. No, <laughs> no. He said here on Twitter, if Chicago doesn't fix the horrible, quote unquote, carnage, and he put that in quotes, I think, because um, Bill O'Reilly, because he used it because uh, uh, 
Trump used it in his inaugural, and then Bill O'Reilly used it in his talking points memo or whatever. And the so fuck now that is. it's it's now trademarked. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if Chicago doesn't fix the horrible carnage going on, 228 shootings in 2017 with 42 killings, up 24 percent from 2016. This, by the way, that information is from the O'Reilly factor, which r- routinely gets information wrong and only corrects the record a couple weeks after, like after everyone's moved on and forgotten. So the president of the United States is repeating facts that he heard on Bill O'Reilly. And then he concludes by saying, I will send in the feds. Right. And then he and then, uh, um, you know, the piece that I wrote about it. The other thing that he did during the same day, during the same day was he responded to Jake Tapper's uh, uh, insult slash challenge. Yeah. Where he called him out, Tapper called him out and said, you know what, this is just not true. This, the, the voter fraud thing, not true. There is yep. no proof of it, zero. And Tapper said, he's like, if there's proof of it, why isn't there an investigation? So the next morning, Trump gets up or, you know, hours later, Trump goes, oh, you know what, uh, investigation. We're going to have an investigation. And of course, it's going to be uh, mostly written by Steve Bannon and Donald Trump. A little bit of Kellyanne Conway for good measure. That's, that's the investigation. And so in the view, the official record of the Trump White House will be that Donald Trump won the popular vote. That's what's going to go on. But but this this feds thing, he's not planning to send the Census Bureau in there. He yeah. is going to march federal troops into uh, African-American neighborhoods in Chicago. If for no other reason but to give uh, erections to all the 65-year-old neo-Nazis who voted for him. That's the idea. They want to see the white bigots who voted for Donald Trump want to see Donald Trump sending the U.S. military into black neighborhoods to tell them to get their together. And this will this will completely jazz Trump's base. I mean, seriously, they'll be able to they'll be able to cut glass with their boners it'll be like uh, in cocoon after they jump into the pool and there's the uh, the eggs in the pool and then they come out and they've got the their first ragers in like two decades that's what it's gonna be like for them as soon as he uh, rolls those tanks in there he's gonna be like I don't even that, people in Wisconsin they don't even know how to spell posse comitata so why should I even bother why should I bother with the law everyone's saying like oh yeah Trump he's gonna be stopped by posse comitata no he's not yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and I mean, that's something else to consider about Trump, about all of this. Is it so far, all he's done to get what he wants is sign executive orders. At some point, he's actually going to run into uh, a situation where he has to go, He has to negotiate. He has to go through Congress. Oh, yeah. He has to do something. And he's going to lose his sh- Yeah. And by the way, I'm well, going to say... Just, why can't I just make this happen? Let's say this really quietly. We're almost a weekend. There hasn't been an Obamacare repeal bill that's been passed yet for a weekend. All right, Postmortem Show is next, folks. See you there. Bye-bye. China!